Welcome to Paranormal Almanac. With your host, Kurt Sandvig. That's right, I'm your host, Kurt Sandvig, and on this week's edition of Paranormal Almanac, let's talk about some haunted dolls. Now, you might be hearing in the background uh, some rain or some weird sounds. Well, that's because it is raining and there are weird sounds out there. Um, we're supposed to be getting thunderstorms today, so hopefully that happens during the podcast. That'll be even cooler. But, that's right, more creepy dolls you guys love creepy dolls i'll give that to you and you know what to a certain extent so do i so on this edition we're going to be talking about even more creepy haunted dolls but first as always shout outs that's right we give shout outs to aaron aaron lauren and david alicia amber andrew angie april ariel audra austin autumn bob seth carolyn chuck Cindy, Cole, Dan, Daniel, Devin, Dill, Dorian, Dorian's the best, Drake, Edgar, Elliot, Erica, Aaron, Fabian, Harley, Harvey, Heidi, Isabel, <clears throat> let's try that one again, Isabel, J. Mark, Jade, Jaime, Jason, Jeff, Jeff, Jenny, Jennifer, Jerry, Joe, John, Joshua, Judy, Juliana, Catherine, Kelsey, Kenny, Kimberly, Kira, Kyle, Laura, 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 collecting all the Lauras again, Lauren, Lawrence, and hi, Lauren, by the way. Hello. Leo, Lindsay, M. Caballero, Maggie. Hey, Maggie. Martin, Matt, Megan, Mill Dogs. Man, I don't know. Wait, do I know your real name? I don't think I do. Mill Dogs. Oh, screw it. Mill Dog. Uh, send me your real name. I'll give you that one, too. I'm going to guess it's Eric, but uh, I'll call you Mill Dog until then. Milo, Nanashi, Nick, Pablo, Paige, Paula, Rachel, Reed, Rosa, Sarah, Sarah, Sean, Shelly, Stacy, Sonny, Todd, Jamie, and Elijah Hendrickson. Trey, Troy, and Veronica. But I also have some very special shout-outs. The first one, the most special shout-out I can do, Francesca, the cutest patron ever. I posted a photo of her over on uh, Facebook. She is adorable. She's like a grand patron to me. Uh, special shout-out to Dorian and Chuck for always being so cool online. Special shout-out for Parker and Liza, congratulations on your engagement. I think that's freaking awesome. Uh, I got a special shout out for John Martinez, Michael Thomas, uh, for his awesome Spotify playlist pick that he shared with me. It's a pick of um, basically Paranormal Almanac all the way down the line. So, dude, thank you for that. That's freaking awesome. I've gotten a couple people. Aaron did it as well. Um, that's cool. Everybody that's been sending me stuff like, hey, check it out. I've been listening to you on on Spotify, or, hey, you're my number one podcast, and all that fun stuff, you guys are the best. Honestly, I got the best fans. I can't get over it. Um, there is going to be, just to let you guys know, uh, Aaron uh, is coming out to visit uh, L.A. on, like, the 13th through the 15th, coming up very soon, actually, in a couple of weeks, um, or actually less by the time you guys hear this. But, um, so we're going to meet up at Bigfoot Lodge. I'm going to post about that on... Uh, probably Facebook and Instagram and everything. But if you guys want to meet up with me, you want to hang out, I'm going to be hanging out with my awesome fan, my awesome new friend, Aaron, and uh, would like to hang out with you guys as well. So just let me know. It'd be, I think it'd be cool. Like I said, I'll post when it's going to be. Uh, bum, 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 bum. Oh, and a special shout out to Kayla, because I asked on a past episode, a few episodes ago, I asked if anyone had ever stabbed themselves in the chest. And I thought... I was 100% sure that I wouldn't get anyone saying, oh, yeah, yeah, I've stabbed myself in the chest. Well, Kayla did. Now, thankfully, she's okay, but still, special shout out to Kayla for proving me wrong on that one, I guess. All right. Um, let's get right into a very jam-packed paranormal news.
with the world caving in around us, it's time for paranormal news. The first story says, Russian media shows video of alleged female Bigfoot running. Quote, she has a breast. This is a female. Well, females have breasts, but still. There is a grtk.tv covered an expedition to the Republic state of Bashkortostan, Bashkortostan in southwestern Russia after Bigfoot experts could not explain a video they received from the area showing what looked to them like a female Bigfoot. Here's my problem with this one. I can't find any video of it. They're like, oh, click there for the video, and it might not be there, but here's a screenshot of the video. If you can, uh, let's see, grtk.tv followed Igor Burstev, Burstev, head of the Moscow Office of International Center for Homology to the Bursky District in southern Bashkortostan, also known as Bashkiria, to investigate what it calls an amazing and even shocking video allegedly taken in 2016 by three girls and a young man driving in Zeguli, a famous and awful car, apparently. The uh, the video says that it shows passengers sound pretty scared by what claimed was a Bigfoot chasing them, a female Bigfoot chasing them. Now, this is a brand new story. It's just taken three years for this video to get out there, apparently. But it says, click here to see the video. So I click there. Oh, wait, it's actually playing now. Hold on. This is new. It didn't play before. What am I supposed to be seeing? Oh, there's something there. Oh, there is something there. Um... That's interesting. I, I don't know what to make of this video. I'm gonna turn the sound back off. Oh wait, there's more, hold on. Anybody speaks Russian, please let me know what the hell they're saying. All right, so there's their, they're in a, this weird car. They're backing up from like a field looking thing. All right, I'm turning the sound off. Backing up from a field looking thing and there is a creature, a thing, bipedal by a telephone pole that does seem to be kind of trudging through stuff to get to them. But, all right, I'm skipping ahead. It doesn't look that big for a Bigfoot. It looks like a dude in a costume chasing after them, but, oh. Actually, it looks like a monkey or a gorilla or something. It is an, it's a very unusual video. I'll, I'll, I'll be honest. All right, so I'm going to post this video up on, uh, on Facebook. There's a lot more of it, and I would really like to see more of it, but I'm going to have to watch this. I'll watch this after the fact, and I'll update you guys when I post it on, uh, on Facebook. But yeah, so there is a video of this alleged female Bigfoot, I don't see any breasts, chasing after a weird Russian car in Russia. Okay, up next in paranormal news, the truth is out there. Billy Myers' UFO images. He was a Swiss national who, in 1970s, claimed that he had been in contact with aliens from the Pleiades star cluster and had photographs to prove it. Now, he published a book in 1979, and uh, now these original photographs are up for auction at Sotheby's in uh, the United States as part of a scale, part of a sale dedicated to space photography. Now, if I'm not mistaken, all of these were debunked, but uh, still very cool. Uh, there's one photo that was used in the background of the I Want to Believe UFO poster from the X-Files. Still really neat photos, and heck, if I could afford it, real or fake, I would buy these photos because that's really freaking cool. But, so if you want to buy them, apparently they're going up for sale in Sotheby's, and they don't give any information on a date or time. So, if you got the money, you want to buy them, or if you want to buy them for me, then you're going to have to figure that out for yourself, I guess. Okay, up next in Paranormal News, stationary UFO recorded in South Carolina prompts surveillance conspiracy theories. A video of a comet-like object reportedly seen over South Carolina has found its way to YouTube. It shows something streaking across the sky, but the object appears to be stationary. Meanwhile, what it seems to be a passing aircraft flies behind it, and their white trails cross about one minute into the video. Among the theories is the second craft was a government spotter plane sent to investigate a potential UFO. So I'm going to post this one up on uh, the Facebook page as well. I don't know if you guys can hear it, but Stitch is actually snoring in my lap right now. So, <laughs> so if you hear... 
if you hear snoring in the background, God, I hope my microphone picks that up. If you hear snoring in the background, that is that is Stitch snoring. Okay, up next, paranormal news. First days of Monster Hunt yields no sign of Nessie. In Drumnadrachich, Drumnadrachich, whatever, Scotland, in Scotland, they said that uh, pouring rain and a thick mist Saturday failed to dampen the enthusiasm of hunters hoping to win a half-million-dollar reward in the first major search for the Loch Ness Monster in three years. Now, they say there was no sign of Nessie, but national oddmakers at the William Hill Organization Limited have put up the cash, 250,000 pounds, for the first person or team to discover conclusive evidence of the creature's existence. So if you got the time and you can find the Nessie, you can get the money. Up next, UFO expert claims International Space Station video is 100% proof that NASA knows aliens exist. The latest video from expert Scott C. Waring is 100% proof, and I'm going to use expert in quotes, air quotes, is 100% proof that NASA and Russia know that aliens frequently visit the space station. Waring found his attention drawn to a curious snippet from the ISS live cam on November 21st this year. In the video, you can hear the audio of a Russian, uh, of a Russian astronaut on the International Space Station saying a ship, saying a ship, to which NASA replies, copy all, we just clarified, it's with you. Thank you. I don't see anything that would lead me to believe that that's a UFO, to be honest with you. But this uh, quote-unquote expert says that it is. Alrighty, up next, not a meteor. U.S. officials investigate sightings after mysterious UFO crash disappears. A bizarre fireball spotted crashing down into a small U.S. town has left leading scientists baffled. Police deputies, police deputies in Polk County, Oregon have admitted that they have no idea what the object was that they witnessed on Thursday afternoon. The U.S. Air Force and Federal Aviation Administration have also been involved in the mystery. The fiery trail was reported by a local Salem resident around 4.50 p.m. on Thursday. The initial, the initial witness feared that the object was a potential plane crash. However, that theory was ruled out by the U.S. Air Force. Despite a widespread search, the location of the mysterious crash remains undetermined. And it is an insanely big fireball or cloud. It's it's bizarre. I don't know what it is, but do I have video of it? If I have video of it, I'll put that. No, I don't have any video of it. Oh, yeah, no, there is. I'll post uh, the video of this one on the uh, Facebook page or just a link to this news article on the Facebook page as well. All righty, cruising through the paranormal news to get to the good stuff. Up next... Boulder Falls on Virginia Highway after meteor lights up the night sky, confusing many. Basically, a boulder came out of nowhere and landed on a Virginia highway overnight, and everybody was like, where the hell did it come from? They said that the fireball appeared around 8 p.m. moving to the north, and dash cam video obtained by ABC 11 showed it appeared on the horizon as a bright white ball with a trail of fire. Hours later, news came that a boulder had mysteriously appeared on the highway southeast of Richmond, and it was big enough to throw a passing car onto its roof. So, big-ass boulder just appeared out of nowhere, flipped a car over onto its roof. I mean, it's huge, too. This boulder's huge. They don't know where it came from. I was sitting at a Kroger and saw what looked to be the biggest meteorite I've ever seen. I seriously waited to hear the sound of an impact, but never did. So, apparently, if you're in South Carolina right now... That's where this is. No, I'm, I'm sorry. Apparently, if you're in Virginia right now, uh, be wary because um, boulders are falling out of the sky. And finally, flying dinosaurs are on the rise in North Carolina. North Carolina has been home to the legends of Bigfoot, Lake Norman Monster, and Lizardmen, but recently, pterosaurs have been seen. Cryptozoologist Jonathan Whitcomb says that uh, sent out a press release about the creatures, including new pterodactyl sightings in North Carolina. He commented, My associates and I believe that these are non-extinct pterosaurs, what many person would call a pterodactyl or a flying dinosaur. Cynthia Lee, who has been studying to become a veterinary technician, reported to Whitcomb an apparent pterosaur that she saw on Thursday, January 4th in 2018 in Raleigh. She was sure that the flying creature had no feathers, but did have a long tail with a diamond-shaped bulb at the end of the tail. It also had a head crest. She also spotted the creature last week following Wednesday's snow. Lee was taking an Uber ride to work when she saw the same crested creature out the window. The driver did not see it, though. So we have one woman who's seeing um, a few pterosaurs, but it's not just her. The reported sightings of living pterosaurs in 2018. 
There's a lot, actually. There's nine in Hawaii, California. Let's see. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven states. There are nine plus sightings. Six to eight sightings in one, two, three, four, five states. Four to five sightings in another handful of states. Two to three sightings in another handful of states. It appears the pterosaur is now becoming a hip thing to see. There's a bunch of them people... There are a bunch of them that people saw in 2018. And now... We have a list of people who have seen them in 2019 as well. Pterosaurs seem to be back and the thing to see. I would love to see one. All right. That about does it for paranormal news. I'm going to skip the other story. I want to get right into the topic at hand because uh, time's burning. All righty. So everyone knows of haunted dolls like Annabelle and Robert the doll. I think I did stories on both of them. I'm pretty sure I did. But what about all these other creepy haunted dolls that are out there? Because sadly... There are a bunch more. Now, sure, there's some obvious BS haunted dolls on eBay that you could buy. But even on there, people have bought and sold haunted dolls that both the seller and the buyer say that they've had bizarre experiences since they bought them. So grab the nearest haunted doll, turn out the lights, take the knife out of the doll's hand for a minute, and enjoy this in-depth look at some creepy haunted dolls. So let's start at the beginning. The earliest report of a haunted doll that I can find goes back to ancient Egypt, where the enemies of Ramses III attempted to use wax images of Ramses, of his likeness, to bring about his death. So basically, according to the legend, the dolls used in this ritual were said to be living and would curse anyone who bore their resemblance. So if you could do it well enough, and it looked enough like that person, that person was cursed. Now, the ancient Egyptian poppet... Hold on, the what? Well, the poppet, also known as poppet with an eye. There's poppet, poppet with an eye, moppet, mommet, and pippy. It's a doll made to represent a person for casting spells on the person or to aid that person through magic. They're occasionally found lodged in chimneys. Now, these dolls are usually fashioned from some material like a carved root, grain or corn shafts, a fruit, paper, wax, a potato, clay, branches, or cloth stuffed with herbs. So let's pause right there, and let's start with a poppet. Let's get right into a story about a poppet that has been found. The poppet's real. You can go see it. So... Let me say, all right, poppets, they're not necessarily haunted, but they are freaky nonetheless, like this one. There was an expedition in the Ashmoline exhibit in Oxford last year about the history and folklore of witchcraft in England. And there was a poppet that had been found in a chimney or maybe a wall space. It's kind of misleading. They don't know exactly where it was found, either in the chimney or in a wall space of an old farmhouse. Now, the poppet was from around 1909, and the doll had been made with the clothes and hair from the lady of the house at that time. They said, yep, it's real human hair. These are snippings of cloth. Based on the fact that it's a poppet and what they're used for, we can kind of infer that it was the lady of the house. But the poppet also had something else. It had a stiletto stuck through the doll's head. Not a stiletto heel, but just like a tiny little knife kind of thing. Stuck through the doll's head. Now, there's no word on if that pop, if that poppet was successful in causing the lady of the house to have pain or even die, but it's freaky nonetheless to think that if you buy an old enough house in England, there's a chance that a poppet could be still in that house, in the walls or in the chimney, and that's freaking weird. Now, from there, there are other cultures that have effigies and voodoo dolls that were cursed as well. But anyhow, you know that um, voodoo dolls, that any action performed on the effigy or the voodoo doll will be transferred to the subject based on, quote, sympathetic magic. And they're often said to be cursed because of their long history of being used to place curses on other people and their associations with the occult. Okay, so let's hear a tale that I can't prove is real, but it's from a book titled Haunted Objects, Stories of Ghosts on Your Shelf by Christopher Belzano and Tim Weisberg. And it's about how the author asked for real, haunted, or cursed items that people might have. Now here's the tale as it was told by one of the authors. John was requested to come to help a woman in Westport, I don't know who John is, 
We'll call her Amanda, and we'll change all the other names too. And she was having problems with paranormal activity that had been ongoing in her home, which had been where she grew up with her mother, sister, and brother. All three had recently passed away, and the home had been plagued with phenomena such as objects moving on their own and doors that would open and slam shut. Amanda saw a mist come up from the basement doorway, and her young granddaughter said she saw her dead great-uncle Roger near the staircase. The home had previously belonged to Amanda's mother, Esther, who had lived there in the 90s, despite into her 90s, despite failing health. Also living with her in the home had been Amanda's brother, Roger, who's in his 60s, still ill. He had uh, shouldered the bird and blah, blah, blah. All right, and then there was also the youngest sister, Vivian, who had lived there as well. Roger was out of the house one day, and Vivian saw her chance. She told her mother about how her brother wasn't going to get any better, and that he may try to put her in a nursing home to rot and die. Vivian swore to Esther that if she signed the house and everything else over to just her, she would see that Roger wouldn't remove her from the beloved home, and that she could die there with dignity. She signed everything over to Vivian, including power of attorney. Well, Roger heard about it, he was furious, um, you know, obviously Vivian had lied to get her to do that. And as soon as Vivian got the papers, as soon as Esther signed everything, they put her in a nursing home anyway. And she said Roger had to get out of that house, basically. So two months later, Vivian suffered a ruptured spleen and died unexpectedly. Roger gave in to his own health problems a few months after that. And within a span of eight months, all three had died. Okay, so now they're all dead. Amanda inherits the house, everything in it. Now she wants to sell it and be rid of all the reminders of that family drama that she had to watch from the sidelines, all that crap. It was while they were cleaning out the house, though, that they discovered this. They discovered an altar. There was a small desk in Roger's room with three or four candles placed around its surface. In the center was a strange box. Apparently, before he took ill... Roger was a successful commercial fisherman, and Amanda thought it might have been something he came across in his travels for work. The box was about 8 inches long, 4 inches wide, and almost looked like a jewelry box. Inside was a stuffed toy that appeared to resemble a fish, even though it was old and faded. Tacked to it were three photographs, two of which were of people she instantly recognized. Her sister, Vivian, her sister, Vivian and her mother, Esther. Little stick pins have been inserted into the doll in various positions, making it resemble a voodoo doll. There was also a photo of a man she didn't recognize. Also in the box were extra pins, some dried herbs that she thinks might have been sage, and mysterious oils and ointments with no labels. It looked like many of the items were quite old, and perhaps this was something that Roger had been practicing for many years. Once she discovered the object, the altar itself and the object, Amanda's house was plagued with paranormal activity. She eventually hired a medium to come in. As soon as he saw the doll, he said, this is a voodoo doll. These pins were placed in a spot that would represent the spleen. The medium also told her that uh, if they took the box with the doll from the altar and buried it in the yard, the hauntings would stop. Now, unfortunately, that didn't work. They buried it in the yard. The paranormal activity didn't stop. In fact, it got even stronger so she brought it in to John and his paranormal group. They came and investigated for over nine hours, but captured no signs of paranormal activity themselves. They even dug up the box and the doll in hopes that bringing it back into the house would lead to activity, but nothing happened. They think it's because the haunting was only meant for the family. Then, when the box was removed from the property, John, the paranormal guy, took it into his own possessions. He then passed it on to somebody else and all the strange activity stopped, completely stopped at the family's house. There's an odd example, a more modern odd example, of a voodoo doll that was discovered again after the fact. And it did line up. The spleen, the, she died from the spleen, and there was a lot of things that did seem to indicate that this voodoo doll worked, and worked very well. What made it ultimately stop is kind of questionable, but voodoo dolls are something that should not be messed with. So please don't make a voodoo doll of me, or a poppet for that matter. If you want to make a Muppet of me, sure, that's cool. As long as it's not haunted and you don't do weird things to it. Alrighty. Now let's get into the actual haunted dolls like I was talking about in this episode. This episode is about haunted dolls. Not voodoo dolls, not poppets. Let's get right into it. And this one is about Harold the Doll. Now it's said to be one of the most haunted dolls in the world, 
He's also called eBay's most infamous haunted doll and the Devil's Doll. Now, Harold is currently owned by Anthony Quinata, who I messaged online, and we're working on a time to get together to do an interview, and I gotta say I'm very excited about it. But, in the meantime, here is a brief bit about Harold. Before we, like, deep dive, Anthony and I deep dive into everything, and we're really gonna get into it, I wanna tell you a little bit about Harold to kick off this episode. Okay, so Harold is an old porcelain boy doll from around the early 1900s. He's a bit beat up, a bit worn, and according to Anthony, he is definitely haunted. So what does Harold do? Well, he's been known to make people sick or hurt simply by being in the same room as them, and more, but we'll get to that in a second. The big question is, where did Harold come from? And frankly, no one really knows. So a probably bullshit backstory was made up when Harold was initially sold on eBay. The story goes that Harold was owned by a small boy who died and soon after his death, his family said that Harold started to move, laugh, and sing on his own. The townspeople or the clergy, depending where you get your information, said that they should burn the doll, but when they tried it, it didn't even singe. So what did the family do next? Well... Sell it to some poor, unsuspecting people at a flea market, of course, which is a dick move. Alright, let me read you the eBay listing about Harold. He wanted to sell a, a in an antique store. He thought this doll might sell for around $9.99. He thought that but putting it up on eBay, along with this crazy story, he might be able to get about $40 to $60. So he came up with the tale of Haunted Harold. I'm sure it's happened to all of us at least once or twice. You're walking around the flea market or antique mall looking for a treasure or two and you come upon a beat-up looking doll. You think to yourself, oh, that's charming, or the child who owned that doll must have really loved this thing. But what I thought after seeing the doll that is offered today should never, ever be repeated. This doll was purchased in a small dirt lot flea market in the quaint town of Webster, Florida. Webster is a very charming, industrious town about 60 miles southwest of Gainesville. They have a weekly flea market offering treasures, bargains, and aisles of kernel corn. Anyway, I digress. I had arrived at the flea market fairly late in the day when most people were packing up to go home. That's when I saw an elderly man placing the doll in a box. It looked interesting, so I asked the man if I could see it. The conversation went something like this. Man, you don't want to see this doll. Me, sure I do. What do you want for it? Man, well, that's a good question because it's very old. The man looked like he was going to begin to cry. It was my son's. I bought it for him when he was born, and he passed away a few years later. This doll has sat in my workshed for over 60 years. I wasn't going to bring it out today, but I figured I just needed to get it out of there. Anyway, I want 20 bucks for it. I gave the guy 20 bucks, put it in a bag, and walked away. When I was halfway down the aisle, the man came running over, visibly out of breath. Man, I have to warn you about something. I can't just let you take him like this. The reason it's been in my shed is that the doll brought an eerie presence into our house after our son died. We would hear crying and singing from his bedroom. When we went to check on it, when we went to check it out, there was nothing. Just the doll. Other things started to happen, and the priest told me I should burn the doll. I tried and tried, but it would barely burn. That's why his arms and heads and legs are so worn. Anyway, I just wanted to let you know. I told him okay, and I chuckled to myself as I walked away. That was until I got home, and my life has never been the same. Two days later, my cat died. My girlfriend left me for the pool guy. I began, to I began to have chronic migraines, and this is only two days after purchasing the doll. A week later, I began to hear children laughing and crying in my basement. Every time I would go to check it out, of course, nothing. This doll has been, an this doll has been in an armadillo coffin in my basement for the last year and a half, and I need to get rid of it. I really do believe it's cursed. Sometimes I touch it, and it seems like it has a pulse. Maybe I'm just paranoid, maybe not. The cursed doll measures 21 inches tall. His arms and legs are all composition. The eyes are closed when it's lying down. Please ask any and all questions before you bid on this doll. I have not had it out of the coffin for years, so if anything else so if anything else happens this week, I'll be sure to let you know. The auction is sold as is with no returns. Please winner plays blah blah blah. Good luck uh and thanks for looking and good luck. All right. So, a bizarre interesting story that the only person that says it's true, the only person that knows it's true or not is the guy that actually wrote it, and it doesn't sound like it's too legit. But, Harold sells on eBay, and the new owner, Kathy, who didn't believe the stories at all, but was just looking for a doll to restore in class, 
she also started having odd things happen to her. And then when two people she knew died after coming into contact with Harold, she said, screw that, and she sold it. And that leads us to Anthony. He won Harold on eBay, and he said he got this email from Kathy that said, I don't believe Harold is haunted, but I do believe he's cursed. Kathy then offered to cancel the eBay sale and refund the money, but Anthony said no. And here's what happened next. Shortly after I received Harold, I asked a friend of mine to do a reading on him. I recorded the reading. It didn't last long, maybe a minute or two at the most. They said, I can't do this. He just threatened to kill me. I was disappointed and skeptical. I listened to the recording and clearly heard a male voice say, I'm going to kill you, bitch. I was stunned. I had more readings done and seen people physically hurt in front of my eyes while in Harold's presence. Now, I'm not going to read everything from the book. I honestly think you guys should definitely check out his book. It's very interesting. Like I said, hopefully coming up very soon, knock on whatever, I'm going to be talking to Anthony myself and kind of really deep dive Harold, but I'm going to skip ahead a little bit. So he then goes on to say, I put Harold in storage in 2005, only taking him out occasionally after that. This past June of 2013, I took him out of storage to continue my investigation of him. So far, four psychics have done readings on him, and none of them wanted to have anything to do with them afterwards. Those investigations included like EVPs of screams and laughters and fuck yous and stuff like that. Like I said, Harold is still owned by Anthony Quinata, and he wrote a book about his experiences with Harold called Harold the Haunted Doll, The Terrifying True Tale of the World's Most Sinister Doll. I'm not getting paid to promote this. I just read it. I think it's a very interesting book. In fact, again, I highly suggest reading it because hopefully very soon, he and I are going to talk all about his experiences with Harold and other paranormal experiences as well. So we're going to have to wait for even more Harold until then. So let's move on to BB the Haunted Doll. Now, Bibi's a bit more modern than Harold. In fact, she's a red-headed, blue-eyed porcelain doll. Some sites say green eyes. The photos, her eyes look blue, so I'm going to say blue. Um, she's from 1976. Her owner, Janice Poole, purchased her on eBay because of, quote, how collectible that particular type of doll was. But I should point out that Janice is a paranormal investigator and haunted doll collector. So she's definitely biased, and in my opinion, she bought PB because she's haunted. Anyhow, Janice said that as soon as BB was brought into the house, she saw the closet door slowly open, and that she knew she had closed it firmly. Janice has heard laughter and had witnessed BB move on her own. Things like keys aren't where Janice leaves them. Things got so bad that Janice had the house blessed, and surprise again, that made things even worse. Janice said one night she thought she heard and saw something run past her feet, but never found out what did it. And this has happened several times. She's saying, I'm convinced it's BB running past my feet, which is kind of creepy. And BB looks like she's a fairly substantial doll. So you should be able to see a two or three foot doll run past your feet. I don't want to see that. I never want to see that, but you should be able to see that. Anyhow. I will say, take everything about BB with a grain of salt, because, surprise, Janice wants to do a traveling haunted doll show with BB as the star. So these stories will definitely help in selling tickets. Now, I'm, I'm not saying that it's all bullshit. I don't know. I really don't know what's real or what's false about these haunted dolls. I can only go by the stories that I've been given. But on this one, it seems to me personally that she is going to profit off of BB being haunted. I'll put it that way. You know what I'm trying to say. Okay, up next is Mandy the Haunted... All right, look. Everything on this episode has the title The Haunted Doll. So I don't have to say that anymore. And yes, every one of these dolls on this episode say that their doll is the most haunted doll. So you're going to have to figure out for yourself who's really the most haunted doll. That's up to you to figure out for yourself. Okay, so let's talk about Mandy. You can actually go and see Mandy at the British Columbia's Quesnel and District Museum. After her owner dropped her off because she was haunted, would keep her up at night because she heard a baby crying from the room. Now this is the room that Mandy was in. 
despite not having any children of her own. And you know what, frankly, fuck having a haunted doll. If you can get rid of it without it killing you, get rid of it. Okay. So Mandy? Okay, so Mandy is a baby doll in a bonnet and has a cracked porcelain face. Now, whenever she's left alone, she moves around on her own. Mandy has said... Hold on, I gotta kill Barry Manilow. It's throwing me off. Alright, no more Barry Manilow for this one. It's not very scary also. Um, Mandy has been said to move positions in very short time frames and even walks. People have heard the sound of a baby crying at night, and staff at the museum say that things get misplaced, including lunches, pens, and books, and they also find mysterious damage to other dolls in the museum that they also blame on Mandy. So again, if you want to go and see Mandy, it's at the British Columbia's Quesnel and District Museum, and, uh, you know, go check out a haunted doll. See if Mandy cries for you. And if you do go see it, I highly recommend singing Barry Manilow's Mandy to the doll. I guarantee you, you won't be the first one. Okay, up next is another grain of salt story time. It's about Okiku, a doll that was originally purchased in 1918 by a 17-year-old boy named Aikichi Suzuki while visiting Sapporo for a marine exhibition. Now, the doll stands about 40 centimeters tall and is dressed in a traditional kimono. The doll's hair is black and is said to be originally cut to about shoulder length in a traditional style. Why did I say it like that? Don't worry, more about that in a minute. He bought the doll as a souvenir for his two-year-old sister, Okiku. Now, she loved the doll and was inseparable with it until her untimely death from a fever about a year later. Now, the family placed the doll in the household altar and prayed to it every day in memory of Okiku. Sometime after that, no one really knows when, but sometime after that, they noticed that the doll's hair appeared to be growing. And I mean growing. The hair was now waist length. Remember, at first it was in a short shoulder length bob. But now, the hair was waist length and no longer even a bob on the ends. You know what I mean? It was just growing like a human's hair would grow. It just was long now. In 1938, the family moved but left the doll at a nearby Menenji temple. I'm sure I said that wrong. I'm sorry. Because they wanted the doll to remain in close proximity to their daughter's grave. The story goes that the priest cuts the doll's hair whenever it reaches the knees. That's right. When it goes past the knees, he cuts it back up to that shoulder bob. And for the past 70 plus years, again, with zero proof, he has been doing this. Or I guess they have been doing it. They say, they say priest. They don't say a specific priest. But priests have been doing this for the past 70 plus years. Now, many sites say that analysis of a haircut sample from that doll shows that it does indeed belong to that of a human child. So it's human hair. Here's my issues. One, I can't find a photo of the doll with short hair. Two, I can't find any videos of priests cutting the doll's hair. I can't find any videos of the hair growing at different lengths. I can't find any records of hair samples being independently done on the doll hair. This one would be an easy one to document. You have someone build a lockable, clear, lucite case. You put the doll in it, they lock it. They're the only ones with the key. You put it, you know, it stays in the temple. Keep it right there, but you put a webcam on the doll. In a few months, that hair should be grown out enough, and the video proof is there. Then, you have an independent lab come out and open up the case and cut a sample of the hair and run a sample on it. This one is not hard to prove. It's a very easy one to prove if anyone would do any of this stuff. And yet, none of this happens. So... I'm calling bullshit on this one until scientific research is done. Next up on Haunted Dolls is Elmo. Yep, old Tickle Me Elmo himself. 
Yep, old Tickle Me Elmo himself. Now this is a very specific Elmo though, so don't go run out and buy one expecting the same results I'm about to tell you. It's known as the Elmo Knows Your Name doll. They, uh, they made these dolls another version of Tickle Me Elmo, but this one is you plug in this little CD-ROM, hook up the Elmo, and you choose your kid's name. Now, Elmo knows your child's name. Now, it was purchased by the Bowman family in 2008 for their two-year-old son, James. Elmo Knows Your Name was programmed to speak its owner's name along with a few other phrases. Nothing terrifying about that, but... When the Bowmans changed Elmo's battery, he started saying other things. That's right, Elmo went off script and in a sing-songy type of voice, Elmo supposedly started saying, Kill James. This, this weekend, a mother changes the batteries on her son's talking Elmo doll and is stunned to hear what comes out of its mouth. You will be too. Kill James? Kill James? That's right. The Elmo doll is saying, kill James. That's the name of the boy who owns the Elmo Knows Your Name doll. You plug it into the computer so it will repeat the child's name. While the doll ran out of battery, so the mom replaced them, that's when it started making death threats. It's not something that really you would think that would ever come out of a toy, but once I heard it, I was just kind of distraught. Even worse, James began repeating the phrase, so his mom had to hide the toy. Fisher-Price makes the doll and says it will issue a voucher to replace it. It is also examining Elmo to figure out what went wrong and looking at other toys to find out if they are bloodthirsty as well. That's right, you heard it right there. Elmo started saying, kill James. So, should we kill James to appease Elmo? I'm thinking yes. I'm thinking, you know, like, Hey, that's what Elmo wants. That's what Elmo gets. I did check it out, and I, I was wondering, you know, could this Elmo be programmed to say kill James? Like, if you named it kill James instead instead of just James. And I checked into it. Apparently, no. According to the details about the Elmo doll, there is a list of more than 15... Hi, Stitch. There's a list of more than 15,000 names to choose from only. And you basically choose the name... Plug it in, choose the name from this list of 15,000 names, and that's it. And Kill James isn't one of the names on the list. So heads up to James, if I have to choose between you or Elmo, I'm siding with Elmo. I'm going to kill James. You've been warned, James. Oh, also, um, just to kind of protect myself right here, please do not find this kid James and kill them. I don't think anybody should be killing James, despite what Elmo says. Alrighty, the next one is a quick one, but it's about Ruby the doll, whose owner says that she never stays put. They found her in different rooms of the house, and she moved there on her own. If that wasn't bad enough, her owners say that picking her up, you immediately feel sad and nauseous. Fun fact, same thing happens to me when you pick me up. Up next is Charlie, who was first discovered in the attic of an old Victorian home in upstate New York in 1968. Now, he was found in the bottom of a tattered trunk full of newspapers from the 30s and a yellowed piece of paper with the Lord's Prayer written on it. The family thought, you know, score, free old creepy-looking doll, so they put it up on the mantle with other toys and dolls. Um, oh, sorry, Char Charlie is, like, he's porcelain with, like, like a fucked-up-looking, scratched-up eye. So he's got, like, a fucked-up eye. So they put him on the, um, the mantle with the other toys and dolls, and soon after that... Charlie seemed to move on its own. They said he would start swapping places with other toys. And they said, hey, kids, you can't be messing with Charlie. And they'd be like, I don't like Charlie. I didn't touch Charlie. Charlie's creepy. He's got a fucked up eye. So um, he starts swapping places with other toys. Their kids start hearing Charlie speak to them at night when they go to the bathroom. That's creepy. And wouldn't go near him. They said, nope, do not like Charlie. After that... Mysterious scratches were found on their daughter, like on their on her, their daughter's side. And she was like a little kid. So they're like, nope, maybe it is Charlie. And they lock him back up. Years go by. The parents pass away. The kids are going through and cleaning out the house. And sure enough, they find Charlie still in that box. And they say, no, thank you. And they give him to a local artisan shop in Beverly, Massachusetts at 34 Cabot Street, Beverly, Massachusetts. So if you want to go and visit Charlie, 
Um, you can, you can go there. Like I just said, it's 34 Cabot Street, Beverly, Massachusetts, 01915. Do you want to go and visit Charlie? That's where he's at. He's, he's right there on display, but probably don't mention I said he has a fucked up eye, okay? All right, cool. Thanks. Next up is a doll from Down Under. Known as Letta the Doll, the child-sized figurine is said to be about 200 years old. He's made of carved wood and has real human hair. The doll's owner, Carrie Walton, claims to have found Letta in the 1970s while exploring a deserted home in Wagga Wagga, Australia. Which, of course he did. If you're out ever exploring deserted homes and the only thing in them is a 200-year-old doll with human hair, leave it alone. The owner says dogs would go, quote, into attack mode whenever they came near Letta. And these were really friendly dogs, but they would get instantly agitated and start barking. People have tried to buy Letta for as much as $10,000, but Kerry says he won't sell him. He says Letta's good luck. He's won the lotto, and his luck has improved since Letta came into his life. Now, when Letta was brought back home, household items started moving and things fell off the walls. Scuff marks appeared on the floor, which, frankly, isn't that scary. I notice scuff marks all the time, and I, I don't think it's a haunted doll. Uh, Walton's children complained of nightmares. One night, they woke up screaming that Letta was talking and moving around on its own. At some point, Walton did try to sell Letta because he needed money for a new house. And he, this is what he found out. He says, I, you know, I found a buyer for him. I drove him over to the buyer, only to find that, quote, he physically couldn't get him out of the car. He said it was really weird. He just physically couldn't do it. Walton asserts Letta's... Oh, wait, hold on, pause. There's a lot of sites that say that when he tried to get Letta out of the car, he couldn't physically pick him up. Like, it was too hard, too heavy, couldn't move him. That really isn't what he was saying. He was just saying that when he got there, he just physically couldn't get him out of the car. He said, I just can't do it. It's weird. Um... It's bizarre. It's a bizarre part of the story, but a lot of sites really go off the, you know, the deep end on that one. So anyhow, so Carrie says that uh, Letta's origins trace back to Eastern Europe and about 200 years old, and they managed to date him using the nails on the bottom of his feet. He also said that one time a woman was walking by Letta. Look, walking by, not looking at or even noticing Letta, just walking by and this woman said, something is very evil, and then, bam, passed out before she'd even seen the doll or knew it existed. Carrie says, yeah, he does think the doll is a vessel haunted by the spirit of a boy who drowned many years ago, but I can't really find out why he thinks that very specific thing out. Letta does currently tour around Australia, and you can get a picture of Letta on your lap, so, yeah, you know. Do that if you want. I, I don't want that. Just a chance discovery under a derelict house in country New South Wales. A 200-year-old doll, the type used by fortune predicting gypsies. It frightened me. You know, put the wind right up me. And then after I'd uh, settled down a bit and realised what it was, you know, I thought, oh, geez, this is a nice find, you know. Kerry Walton sensed a lifetime of scrounging had finally paid off. Yet he never imagined the extent of his future good fortune. It must be just, just the features and the nose and the, the, the long chin and the, uh, the glass eyes. Makes him look very evil, I think. What about that grin? Yeah. <laughs> well, sometimes he looks like he's grinning and other times, you know, you, depending on what, what shadows are in the house, it looks like he's a bit unhappy, you know? Please welcome Kerry Walton, who has brought along a friend to meet in a moment, and also spiritual psychic consultant, Lena. Welcome, one and all. You, some 25 years ago, found a doll, not just any doll. How spooky have you found having possession of this doll? Very spooky. Why? Just lots of funny things have happened. Um, things falling off walls, people being afraid, people just not wanting to come into the house where he is or in the room or anything like that. Yeah, it's just very, very spooky doll. You have brought the doll. It's I haven't seen this yet, and our and Lena, our spiritual uh, consultant, has not seen the doll and will give us a reading. Would you like to show us yeah, your sure. doll? Mm. He's not too attractive. No. <laughs> now, what have you... Oh, what weird eyes. What have you found out about this doll? How old is it and where was it made? 
It's about 200 years old and it was supposed to be made in Eastern Europe and they actually uh, dated him by these nails in the bottom of his feet here, you see? Yeah, Eastern Europe, that's what they say. Mm. The doll is original, a couple of hundred years old, from Eastern Europe. Well, we had him at a supermarket. We were doing a show at a supermarket and there was one lady that uh, was coming through the supermarket. She didn't see the doll or anything and she just said something was very, very evil and she, she actually screamed and passed out and they took her off to hospital. Uh, strange things like that. Uh, one medium we took, it, uh, took him to um, said that uh, she'd done a few things with him over the years and she actually uh, rang me up the other day and said, I don't want no more to do with the doll because um, I'm having lots of bad luck and I feel this can't, the vibes are coming from the doll. Why don't you get, just get rid of the doll? You found it in the base of the house 25 years ago. Why don't you just get rid of it? I can't. It's Why? just, oh, I've tried to get rid of it before. I, when we were buying our first home, I needed some money in a hurry and I decided to sell him. And uh, I'd advertised him and I took him to the place a lady had rung me and wanted to buy it and I tried to uh, take him out of the car but I just I, I don't know I just couldn't take him out it was it was really weird. Lena you're a psychic yes. consultant you've not sighted the doll before this moment no. what readings are you getting are all we are we all going mad? Uh, no no I just feel quite a, a powerful energy but I feel that the doll brings up for people when they come within the vibration of it their own apprehension and their own fear that's the the vibration that I get around it I don't so much see the doll as an evil uh, entity or or process I just feel that there has been in some level in the past uh, uh, maybe a negative uh, magic energy because we can have positive magic and, and negative magic of course but I feel that it's probably connected around a tragedy in some way that something that uh, has befallen somebody particularly connected around a child and uh, I just feel when I look at the energy that there is an energy that's been very much trapped within the whole process of it. Kerry are you genuinely afraid of this doll or is it you know you just... When, when I first found him I was yes I was I was really afraid of the doll but over the years I guess he's just become a part of the family. Mm. Alright enough of that nonsense but I wanted to give you guys a couple of uh I wanted to let you guys hear a couple of things from the owner himself. And uh, also, I don't know who this lady is, Midday with Carrie Ann. But, you know, if you're face-to-face -face with a haunted doll, here's some here's a tip from me to you guys about haunted dolls. If you become face-to-face -face with a haunted doll, don't start saying that, you know, oh, he's kind of ugly. Oh, I don't like that doll. He's kind of, you know, weird looking. Don't insult a haunted doll. You know, it's bad enough that I've insulted uh, that one doll with a fucked up eye. So... Don't don't do that right in the doll's presence. I'm just saying that uh, you probably like if you guys go visit Charlie. Like I said, don't tell him that I said he's got a fucked up eye. If you guys work in that local artisan shop, can you not play that part of it when I say that Charlie has a fucked up eye? Uh, don't insult uh, haunted dolls, is what I'm saying there. Alrighty, so that's about it for Letta. Once again, he's on tour around Australia, so if you get a chance, if you live in Australia, I got a bunch of listeners that live in Australia, so if you get a chance, go and visit Letta, get your photo taken with uh, with Letta, and send it to me. I want to see a photo with, of you guys with Letta on your lap. Alrighty, up next is Amanda the doll. Now, she's another eBay doll. She's a porcelain doll. She's been up for auction over 20 times. Supposedly, each time someone purchases her, she immediately ends right back up on eBay because of paranormal issues that happen as soon as they get her. Look, you're buying a known haunted doll. That shit's gonna happen. Don't buy a haunted doll if you don't want haunted doll shit to happen to you. If you don't want to hear laughter or crying or voices or or the tip-tappy crap of feet running like doll feet running across your floors, don't buy a haunt don't just don't buy a haunted doll then. If you don't want that, don't buy a haunted doll, that's all I'm saying. Back to Amanda, though. When Amanda is unhappy, the doll supposedly moves around on her own free will and causes terrifying nightmares. They say that these are crippling nightmares that make you feel like she is dragging you into another realm every night. If you go down that little rabbit hole, apparently one of the people that have said this, and I can't find what their name is or anything about it, so I don't necessarily believe it, but according to one person who's had these crippling nightmares, 
They then found scratch marks on their feet as if something was dragging them. She now lives permanently with a paranormal investigator in Atlanta, Georgia, where apparently she can still be heard scratching the case that contains her. And you're going to hear that over and over again about these dolls that get put into a case and they don't like being put into a case like Robert the Doll and Annabelle and Amanda and this next one. Finally, we have Pupa or Pupa. I think it's Pupa though, P-U-P-A. Now, she was made in the 1920s to look just like her owner. Her then-owner was a five-year-old girl. And that five-year-old girl actually kept Pupa until she died in 2005. Till the owner died, not Pupa. So this, this owner had Pupa made in the 1920s, died in 2005. Pupa is about uh, 14 inches in height, made mostly from felt or a felt-like material, fabric, and was made in the likeness of the little girl who was to own her. So basically, that's something that they did back in the day. They, they made dolls that looked just like the owner. Pupa, Latin for doll, was made for a little girl in Italy in the 1920s, who again owned Pupa right up to her death in 2005. Pupa's hair is real human hair. And the little girl that owned Pupa often stated that her doll was alive and had a will of its own. She stated that it would often talk throughout the years that Pupa held all of her secrets. After her owner died, Pupa was put on display in a glass case. Since then, there have been numerous reports of Pupa tapping on the glass, being found in different positions, and writing messages inside the case. Let's deep dive that last one. So apparently, one day, the glass case was looking to be quite filthy, so someone opens it up to, you know, like, to clean it, and when they opened it up, they exhaled warm air on the glass to fog it over. And that's when they saw the marks more clearly. They were shocked to find the words, Pupa Hate, written on the inside of the cabinet. Here's my issue with Pupa. No one knows where she is kept. I looked everywhere on the internet. There are a ton of stories, ton of websites, ton of Facebook, blah, blah, blah posts. But nobody has actually been to visit Pupa or knows even where she's at. All of the stories are like, oh, we heard about this. We know that. Legend has it. But no one has actually witnessed any of it. So Pupa hate? No, no. Kurt hate. Kurt hate when there's not details about a story that is supposedly this fantastic. Okay, and with that, let's close up the old haunted doll case itself. And uh, all you haunted dolls out there, if you're listening, even if you have a fucked up eye, I think you're cool. I don't need you. I don't want you. I don't want to see you. Well, I'll see you. I'll come visit. But I don't want you to, like, come visit me. But what do you guys think? Do you guys think that haunted dolls are real? Do you guys think that a inanimate object can be haunted and or cursed forever? Like these dolls supposedly are. Supposedly... They're not going away. The, the haunting's not going away. The curse is not going away. Oh, come on up, pal. Come on up. Come on up. There you go. These dolls continually are haunted year after year, decade after decade. So, anybody out there, any of the listeners out there, do you have a haunted doll? If so, I want to hear your story about haunted dolls. Email me at paranormalalmanac at gmail.com. If you've got a haunted doll story, a UFO story, a ghost story, a Bigfoot story, because I still have a ton of listener stories. They're coming up very soon. I'll put it that way. I don't want to do just me reading listener stories. It's not fun for me. I don't think it's that interesting for you guys. So I've been waiting for a guest to come on so we can kind of bounce back and forth with all the listener ghost stories. That's coming up very soon. I can't wait for you guys to hear that one. I hopefully will have that interview up with, uh, hopefully I'll do the interview with Anthony Quinata and Harold the Doll coming up very soon. So until then, enjoy your haunted dolls. I'm your host, Kurt Sandvig, and this has been another edition of Paranormal Almanac. In a town in the woods at the top of a hill, there's a house where no one lives. So you take a big bag of your big city money there. But at night when the house is dark and